As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Son of Slovenia, cool as hell, he scores the ball and he rebounds well. Hello, this is 77 Minutes, a Dallas Mavericks podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast Network, the only Mavericks podcast that thinks the NBA should investigate the Mavericks for just not being very good this season. Why are we coming up with other reasons? Like, it's right there in front of us. I'm Tim Cato. I write and talk about the Mavericks. And it's our last vibe check of the season with Dave Dufour, with Mike Pellucci, with Austin Gurria. It's over. The Mavericks actually tanked for two games. They have the 10th best lottery odds, although we'll see what happens at the actual lottery. And there's 79.8% chance to keep their pick, which is not, you know, guaranteed. Uh, but it's it's the summer. It's the offseason. The season is over. The season is concluded. The Mavericks, uh, this miserable, awful, um, frankly, embarrassing uh, season. This this run is, is uh, concluded. It's for the best. Nobody wanted to watch more of it. It sucked. It was bad. Um, it sucked to watch, and partially, it must have been worse if you had any feelings involved towards it. Um, it should be a lot of shame. There is a lot of shame. There's a lot of disappointment, but there's like that was a bad season. Um, and it's it, 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 not, yeah, it set the team back. And I think we're going to talk about all of those things uh, and more on this episode. Let's vibe check it. I think it just um, did. I think that's the vibe check. Well, there's a vibe. Okay, well, add to agree. Let's let's get a couple more vibes in here. It's well, it's. Oh, go ahead, Mike. So I wrote about this at D Magazine today, and basically the whole theme of the piece that I wrote was, this better be rock bottom, right? I don't think we know if it's rock bottom. There are ways it can get worse, but if it gets worse, then we are moving the doomsday clock closer and closer to midnight of Luca leaving, and then you get real rock bottom. So for the purposes of this whole experiment working, what we just watched better be the worst season they have as long as Luka Doncic is here. Because if it's not, then the real pain starts that makes this look quaint. Uh, and nobody wants that. 
Yeah, this uh, this team stinks. They're not very good. Not very fun to watch. It's not enjoyable. They stink. They stink. No, They're bad. Yeah, they they stink. They Dude. stink. Past tense. They this team will not exist. This team. Is this team will anymore. be blown up. This team it will be some way or the other, and we'll talk about that a little bit more later. But like, it's we're done with them. It was a miserable watch. It was one of the worst defenses I think I have ever watched from a basketball team. A, a team that I just I don't know if they did anything well on defense and didn't have the bodies or the physical capabilities to do it, and didn't have the execution to do anything on the defensive end, despite having two of the best uh, offensive players in basketball. Just. Uh, all around just a horrendous season. The complete opposite from last season where they just were such an enjoyable team to watch and to follow. And everyone everyone had to take their medicine this year. You know, I think from the top on down, it, not that it's good that they had to take their medicine, but it will be, I think, a humbling experience for Mark Cuban. I think this is one of the first times I think he was truly got embarrassed by his basketball team. And I think that's why we saw him do such a crazy long press conference last week. And when we say everything went wrong this season, I do feel that some of the things going wrong was luck and some of the things going wrong was just bad timing misfortune. A good basketball team is built to overcome that. Um, Every single thing went wrong and many, if not most of them, were within the team's control. Um, Did come down to the players did come down to the the front office, did come down to the coaching. I do think that there is a scenario where the end of the season plays out and they finish with like the seventh seed or something. And it wouldn't have exposed just how many mistakes and flaws went into this year. Um, And in a weird way, that is a good thing because all of these mistakes and flaws and problems it was time for them to be exposed because they were real. They were they existed. We saw them viscerally through the past two months. And we, you know, there is no way you can tell yourself this team was good enough or that the problems were not problems, as many people tried to do for many, many months that led up to what ultimately happened in the final two months of the season to end in such an embarrassing way. Yeah, I mean, this is just like I'm saying, hey, this needs to be the rock bottom. This needs to be the front office's reckoning. This, like you said, Tim, it's 100% a good thing that there's no hiding this now. This has been laid bare, and they have two choices, right? You can stick your hand in the – they can stick their head in the sand. They can talk about whatever stories want to tell themselves, that we didn't see a rule change coming, or if this happened or if that happened, maybe it's fine. But this needs to be their moment where they say the process isn't working. Let's figure this out because everything is on the line in a way that, I mean, frankly, it's incredible of all the things that happened. The biggest thing is that we are sitting here 10 months removed from a Western Conference finals appearance talking about how everything is on the line next season, but everything probably is on the line next season based on the reporting we've seen that, hey, if this doesn't go well, Luka Doncic could be requesting a trade in a year. That's the fact that we are here, you know, whether it happens, whether it's not, the fact that this is even on the table for discussion after where this team was less than a year ago, is just truly mind boggling. Dave, is this as bad as like what is what is the worst possible outcome you you could have imagined heading into the season? I, I think that at, at times you've been um honestly even a touch more pessimistic uh and it turns out very much deservedly so um about where this team was headed. And I still think that this was beyond even you know any of our levels oh, yeah. of lowest levels of pessimism. 
Well, because it was embarrassing. It wasn't just like, oh man, it didn't work. Kind of a failure. Yeah, you know, down shooting year, bad defense, which it was bad defense, but it was embarrassing. It, it, it there was a desperation trade, you know, which I still I like Kyrie and Luca together. Like I don't think it was a bad trade necessarily, but it was you know, desperate. There was this push. You know, obviously they lost a lot after the trade, but there was this push to try to make the play in. They were, I mean, they were on the brink of actually being like the five or six seed at one point down the stretch. And then I believe there was a four seed in early March. Thank you. And then to just be like, nah, very unceremoniously. Actually, you know what? It was ceremonious because. They played Luka Doncic for a quarter and then pulled him out for a standing ovation. So there was a ceremony. Which should not happen. They never got should to not, standing no. ovation. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. But, I mean, I think Luka would be awesome in Chicago. It would be great. He should. Uh... Don't bum the people out, Dave. They're My already God, Dave. <laughs> They're hurting uh, enough, Dave. Don't do that. Were you, so, so I don't want to talk about whether it was the right decision no. to tank. It clearly, 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 clearly was. I don't really want to talk about yeah, the NBA it investigation of it either. And that's dumb. Yeah, it's silly. it's it's, Listen, it's a combination. The embarrassment, of, the embarrassment of this, I think, is punishment enough. Um, the idea that they're going to investigate them for doing something out loud that other teams have done all year. They just said it out loud. That's it. Jason Kidd was honest. And that's why I want to don't want to talk about it because I yeah, think we all boring. agree on this. It's it, yeah. I, I will I will say one thing about why I think it is, and I think a big part of it is that the team has Kyrie and there's extra scrutiny on him and, and national media members got mad. Uh, and, and the team has Luca and I'm sorry when you're that visible, um, Damian Lillard plays in Portland and nobody really cares about him uh, to be as blunt as honest. I'm, right. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, he's going to pick not, up another all NBA, right? Like that, but not, if that's not, your thing. In, 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 obviously I mean that in the context of how national media members talk about the league at large um when you mention was, winning players how long does it take you to get to dame right yeah, yeah. and and luca luca and then luca with Kyrie was a different story and there was too much attention on it it, it may have been as simple as that you know like uh, it, it, just the attention that the national media that the collapse uh drew led to the league saying okay well it was almost like a PR stance from them, like a like a yeah. And it's so. just like it's the most weenie ass thing in the entire world, because you know when it happened, right? The the big discourse was, oh, we've never seen it this brazen, this close to a playoff, you know, series, blah blah blah. You know, my my position on this is just like this was an inevitable aftershock of everything that this league is becoming, right? What is the discourse about this damn league? Ninety percent of the time, it is rings or bust all the time that is what the conversation is that is what the nba tacitly accepts and more or less abets right because what the hell else is getting people talking during a regular season that they are panicking that fewer and fewer and fewer people pay attention to so if this is the climate that your league exists in and a team looks in the mirror and says okay we could maybe possibly get to the play-in games maybe even less possibly get to a first round series and get hammered by denver and what is that going to do for anybody here? Absolutely nothing. We will get zero credit for it. People will still say we underachieved, deservedly so, because they did. So they just did what it, they were incentivized to do, which was say, okay, we're packing it in. 
because we're not going to get credit if we do try. And then lo and behold, somehow this team of all teams gets, you know, the pitchforks and the torches pointed to them for tanking. They're just doing what they're incentivized to do. And if the NBA wants to foster this climate and if the national media wants to foster this world of the only things that matter that are rings, then forget the pick protection on this, whether or not it's pick protected or not. Dallas looked in the mirror and said, yeah, there's really no point at all towards trying because this is the world we live in now. And you can't have both ways. If I, I mean, I don't care about the ring stuff, but I would say well, this, you if, but... yeah, if Luka Doncic was in San Antonio, do you, like, and they tanked all year, I, I'd be pretty pissed about that. Like Luka Doncic is too high level of a player. None of the tanking teams have a guy like Luka and they, they don't have a Kyrie either, much less both. That's the thing. It's about expectations. You don't expect this team to just not try even if they're going to get smacked by Denver, by Denver, a puncher's chance. Were they expected to make it to the conference finals last year? No, they weren't. And I'm not saying that this team stacks up to last year's team, but if you're, if you're not trying to win, you know, to, to paraphrase Keith Parrish from the daily ding, if you're not trying to win, it stops being sports. And if it was in their own control, it would be different. Right. right. That's the thing. Yeah. They, right. they, they shouldn't have games. even, they shouldn't even tried against Sacramento. Because if they lost to Sacramento, suddenly this 20% chance of losing their pick goes down to single digits. They tried longer than they actually should have. Yeah. Anyway, it's... Well, I thought when Luka got hurt, uh, when Luka got hurt with the calf or the thigh, that would have been a great time to make the choice. Because at that point, you're like, okay, well, we're not 100%. And they, they weren't... It's not like they were winning games. They weren't on a roll. They weren't playing well without him. I think that could have been a time to pivot. And then at right. least you have a, well, okay, we're going to be cautious here and we're doing it early. But you just I mean, ran extra miles on a guy who was already dinged up. And and uh, essentially you pulled the rug out from under him when he thinks. Well, okay, 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 Dave. To, and to make Austin, plans, I want right? to kick it to you. And yeah. So what, what, it, what I find way more interesting than, you know, whatever small find, I do not think the NBA, I do, I, I assume the NBA will probably find the Mavericks. I do not think it will be as big as the the time oh. they find Mark Cuban 600K. I also I saw, don't I care thought, about saw somebody Mark saying money. about a second round pick or taking the protections off. You don't have a second round pick that. to give up. Yeah, they're, they're not, not going to do any of that. Uh, if, if they do, if they do, if they do, um, it would be unprecedented. We will revisit it, yeah. and I think it would be bullshit. But it's going to be uh, just based off precedent. Yeah, yeah. We'll revisit that if it's going to be a small fine for public comments. That's all it's going to be. Right. What I find more interesting. And Austin, uh, we'll kick to you on this. Luca did not want to do this. And he came out at his ex- exit interview. We're going to talk more about uh, other things he said at his exit interview. But one of the things he said is he did not want to do this. And they, is defied too strong? They they made the right choice. I, I, am, I think that the front office, the team, the organizational decision um, that Jason Kidd had no, the no, no part in. He said, he said it, guys. He had no part in it. Um, I love it. I think that was the right decision, except for the fact that maybe going against Luca is never the right decision. <laughs> um, does Luca get over this? Is Luca fine? Like, like is is that is that where this is headed? Because you know, I would have to think that it is something that blows over. But they did not do what he wanted to do, and he made that very clear on Sunday when the season was over at his exit interview uh, to us. He made it very, very clear. You know what? They can make it right with Luca if they do something functional and good with this number 10 pick that allows him to win basketball games next season. 
That's the way to make Luka Doncic happy. He wants to win basketball games. That dude has never lost games like this. This is the first time, I think, in his entire basketball life. It's probably the worst three months of basketball he's ever played from a team perspective where they lost more games than they won, and he played those games. It was people were like, oh, like, did they should they tank? Should they not? Should they they didn't have to tank? You don't have to tank when you're just bad. They weren't a good basketball team. They lost a lot of basketball games. They did not win, they went back to back games with Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving one time in the second half of the season. They're, they weren't good. I, it's such a weird, like, non sequitur conversation. You can't tank if you just stink. Like, they, they aren't a good, they could have played all their guys against Chicago and lost. They could have played all their guys against the, the San Antonio Spurs and also just lost. I think Luca was probably did not want to do that because he doesn't like to give in. And I'm sure that that caused that was a pretty tough conversation. But that's why you have a general. That's literally Nico Harrison's job is to talk your superstar into doing decisions that are good for the entire organization. And now he has to pay off that that conversation. You know, you you make that conversation because like, this is going to be better for us next season. And now this offseason is going to be very, very important. They have to get it right. And yeah, I mean, Luca is mad or might be upset about it. But I think if they win basketball games next season, if they get a good player, if they get someone who can protect the rim, someone who can guard big wings, I think he'll be happy next season. It's all about winning. And I think if you if you can take a little pain now, they have to suffer a little bit to get where they really want to be. Yeah, and I think the other, to piggyback off that, the other aspect of this is if you are taking that argument from Luka Doncic at face value, then look at the other side of the coin. Do you really believe if they are bad for the next two years, Luka Doncic, when he's deciding what he wants to do with his future, is going to say, oh, well, you know that one year when I really wanted you to try and you got your heads kicked in the play-in rounds, but you listened to me and said we should try – well, I remember that, and that's going to make a decision. No, it's not. What's going to be a decision factor is if they win, and by far their best opportunity to do that is to get a player with a top 10 pick in a really good draft. So the idea that, yeah, you go against Luka, and nine times out of 10, you don't want to go against Luka, but I applaud the organization for not backing down here because they wouldn't have gotten any credit for it in the long run. There was no upside. There was upside to going this route and saying, look, Take your medicine right now. In a year, if we're winning, and this top ten pick is part of that, Luca will not remember a damn bit of this. Yeah, I mean, Luca wasn't going to be happy with this season, no matter what happened. This, they go to the this, play-in and lose on the road. He's not happy. You know, they get smacked. They somehow win both on the road, but they get smacked by Denver. He's not going to be happy. Um, there's no scenario where he's happy, and it does seem like there are. There's a decent amount of smoke that I've also heard that that they're likely to trade the pick than not. Um, but I think it's a little too soon to say like they're going to trade the pick. I mean, it, it fully depends on what's available and, 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 you know, how the draft shape is out. We don't even know what the pick is yet. Um, you know, maybe the NBA's the punishment, pick. right? Yeah. 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 I was going to say maybe the NBA's punishment for, for all this is that they're going to, they're going to rig the lottery and, and have someone <laughs> jump over them. They're, they're going to end up 11 and, and lose it. So, you know, if Adam Silver is, is, you know, David Stern would do that in a heartbeat, you know, like he made sure the Mavericks never won a, you know, a lottery, a single time. Um, got that David Stern Undertaker gif. He's going to come back from the grave and just rig the lottery. So yeah, I think I think I think I don't think Silver is ruthless enough to uh, to to pull that off. But you know, that's yeah, that's all I'll say on that. What do you have? Dave? If I could just circle back to to the Luca thing. So this is, I mean, if you look at his career, and I don't just mean here. I mean, go back to Europe. Might be the first step back in his career from one year to the next. I mean. It, I'm not going to say he stagnated this year from a skill standpoint, but certainly losing a lot more is a step back for him, not making it to postseason play. Um, 
I, I, I'm actually curious how he responds to this. You know, there's a little bit of, I, I think you've got to lose a little bit. You can't just go up and up and up and up in the NBA. It just doesn't work that way. I, like Michael Jordan's story is more compelling because of the Pistons kicking his ass. And, and now he, I don't think, you know, Luca doesn't really have that. Um, but you know, maybe this team is sort of the Pistons kicking his ass. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure that out. But I, I am curious to see how he responds to that. And, and so it could be a situation where this front office goes out this summer, does a good job. Next year, they're back in the playoffs and he's got and he feels like he has a shot to compete. And, and then you you build from there. But, you know, we obviously won't know till next year. The issue is the track record. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So Not a good one. The thing I was most interested in talking about on this podcast was Luca's exit interview. I think there's two parts of it. It was I was very struck by his demeanor. Um, did you guys watch it? Did you guys yeah, see what Luca said? I haven't okay. able to seen it all the way through. I've seen some of the clips. Yeah, parts of it. Yeah. So we also need to talk about uh, reporting that started with ESPN uh, on Monday morning. I published uh, something, uh, theathletic.com/slash seventy-seven minutes. If you want a discount code, by the way. Um, but it was what I wrote was a lot of just corroborating what was said by by Tim McMahon. And uh, let's let's get to that in a second. I was in the room, of course, when Luca had his ex- exit interview. And I was just struck very strongly with this sense of someone who's an adult, someone who is self-aware of his own power, of the fact that he's a superstar, of the fact that he is in control of his future as any superstar is in this league. And I I was struck with it in a sense that I haven't always gotten from Luca. And when I wrote this morning, when I wrote on Monday, uh, I led with the idea that we often describe Luca uh, as young, as youthful. Um, We use adjectives like childlike joy. And I think that's a fair, when Luca is at his best, there is a childish childish element of how he presents himself. When he hits that shot off the missed free throw in the 60-point Knicks game, and he's just like losing control of his body, jumping for joy, there is a childlike element to that. That is not a negative thing. But I do think at times, and I'm guilty of this, and it's not inherently a bad thing, but we get a little bit too far into... You know, this guy who was as good as he was at 18 and is now 24 and doing equally incredible things. There has been a lot of growth that has been seen from eight from 18-year-old Luca to 24-year-old Luca. He is a much more aware, self-aware person 
who understands his place in this league, understands his power. And I got, I really got a sense of that at the exit interview. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Um, you know, but it's, it's, if, if you guys saw it, if you got that sense, you know, like he's, he's up there wearing all black, uh, you know, as his team loses. Um, and, and I guess the way it represented itself, because I, I can say this all I want, but, um, you know, impressions don't go that far. The examples of what he was doing that, that really got this across to me is he talked about only what he wanted to talk about. People asked him about the off court stuff. He said, I'm, I'm not going to talk about that. I don't want to get into it. You know, like he was very clear that like, I understand why you asked. No, thank you. When he was asked about sitting, he was very clear. I did not agree with that decision. Those are like, those are strong words. They were not words saying I'm still upset. I'm angry. This is a problem. Mm -hmm. In fact, he buried the issue, but he made it very clear. No, that, that did not come from me and I'm not okay with it. When he was talking to Tim McMahon about this, about this reporting, Again, we'll get to this in a little bit, but he was he, he was he was witty. He, he you know Tim yeah. McMahon started defending himself a little bit, uh, you know, or, or clarifying what was said, yep. and and I do think that's important. And he's like respectful uh, exchange, I thought. And and McMahon said something that, like I said, and um, and he was referring to his own writing and reporting. Yeah, Luca was like, "Don't you mean sources say?" You know, it was funny. It was a good line, yeah. but it is as in control as I've ever seen Luca of his own narrative and to be in control of it, you have to understand it. You have to understand your place in it. And he knows that. And so no, Luca is happy with Dallas. He made that clear. He's not requesting a trade. Nothing of that sort has happened. As far as I've heard, there's nothing behind the scenes that means that has not, not that he's requested a trade, but like he's, you know, like warning the team that, you know, better get things right or I'm going to be out um, for nothing of that sort, but he doesn't have to. He knows who he is, and he knows what he represents to an NBA franchise. And I thought he really showed it after Sunday, after the season, in that final interview, in a way that I had not seen before. And I've watched a lot. You know, I've I've, I've interacted with him. I've been in a lot of these settings, and I have not quite seen him display that in the way that he did on Sunday. He looked relaxed. Yeah. Yeah, he knew, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what has he always said? I remember, God, you know various quotes about people asking him earlier in his career about pressure in the playoffs and all that stuff. And he said time and again, Hey, I've been doing this since I was 13 years old. And that is the biggest difference. You know, people always, and I've been on this from the beginning. I think all of us get this, but bears repeating people want to make the comparison with him and Dirk so badly. And it's a great narrative. He's not Dirk. Giannis is Dirk. Giannis is the kid who came over, who wasn't ready for the American life, who was very raw who was who bonded very much to a city in America because he never had been in this wider world. That ain't Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic likes it here. I very much believe Luka Doncic wants a reason to be here for a long time. Luka's a professional. Luka's the kid who left home at 13 and went to the biggest non-American club in the world for basketball. This is all he's known. And so I think what we saw was, you know, Luka hasn't had to show that. But I think that was, as you said, Tim, this was Luka subtly reminding people he's he knows he knows who he is and he knows how the game is played and he's not afraid to play that game you know so this is there will not i don't think sentiment will count for very much in the end here dirk led with sentiment his whole career that's why everybody loves him in this city because he did it more than he should have that's not going to be luka Doncic. it just won't be so there need to be actual results and that that was a little bit of reminding people of 
yeah, the bottom line is going to matter here in a way that it never mattered with the last guy to this degree. Yeah, I think we're going into a new phase of Lucas' career. I think with when you look when you look back at his career when he's all when it's all said and done, this will be kind of a line of demarcation between the young version of Luca that was just everything was just fun. This is for most stars. Like, you know, it's it's fun. You're in your rookie deal. You know, we're trying to see how good you can be. Everything is just kind of like you're playing with house. Even last year's playoff run, playing with house money, having a good time. Now it's 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 about business. You know, there's expectations. He's a four he's probably going to be a four-time first team all NBA player. That is that comes with a lot of expectations, lots of stakes. He is a player that is a MVP front runner every single season, and not making the playoffs is an enormous failure. I mean, I think the the last person that 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 happened was Kobe Bryant in two thousand five, where he missed the playoffs completely, and that's it's something that I think teams will look or people will look back on and be like, that's kind of where Luca's career really shifted, and the Mavericks have to get that right. They have to get that next transition in his career life. I think. Even if you look at Dirk's career, I think this is very similar to that 4 season where they played a lot of offense, but their team was clearly not right. wasn't a very good basketball team, couldn't play any defense, and they had chemistry two, issues. Chemistry issues. They had guys that were talented. I think the Antoine Walker Christian Wood comparison is very apt. You know, talented guys that just didn't really get along here, who might go on and do other things, but it's they're going to have to figure out how to pivot from this from this situation and really make it right because now Luka Doncic is in his career it's and it's is in his prime and he needs to win he needs to be going to the second round of the playoffs every year he needs to be going to conference finals he needs to make a finals appearance probably in the next three seasons and so it's it's going to be it's really time down to, to get to business they can't make mistakes anymore the time for mistakes the time for completely whiffing on trade is pretty much over and they they're they're now officially on the clock i mean yeah they're on the clock and yeah. if he plays this out to free agency, this situation we've just been talking about is going to come up from other teams. I mean, it just will. Like th- that's just how it goes. He's about and- to have he's about to have some time off, right? This is good for him. But World Cup is coming up. I think the World Cup could be an opportunity where Luca could show up and sort of use his game to speak to the Mavericks too. Show up in the best shape of his career, for instance, right? Things of that nature. Like, it, that's that's something that I'm not going to say he gets a pass on because everyone brings it up, but that is something that he can actually do, and that would speak volumes. Hey, show up at World Cup, show up at camp in the best physical shape of your career, not just like you, you've been running for a few months. I mean, hit the weight room. Like, get your body better than it's ever been, and then – and then they have no excuses. They can't say, yeah. "Well, you're not Luka maximizing your potential for this year." Yeah, yeah. But it's but it's 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 an or, it's it was collective. an organizational failure that includes That's him. Right. But until they get everything right around him, yeah. it seems a little silly to like, oh yeah, your best player who was the only reason you won any you know games for the first five months for uh, three months of the season, mm-hmm. four months of the season, however you want to call it. It it just it. Like we've talked, we've talked yeah. about the ways Luca should be better. Oh yeah, pointing yeah, yeah. fingers at him right now. No, 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 no. When, that's not what I'm doing. Yeah, no, no, I, I was just kind of adding to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that, uh, it, it's it's something people have talked about, it, and I think mm-hmm. that you know the the blame being pointed at him, the blame being pointed at at Kyrie Irving. Um, oh no, I, and so I much Kyrie, more deserving. Right, yeah, and, listen, Kyrie to point those fingers. That fourth quarter, 
that fourth quarter uh, last week that he had, where he had the 19 Sacramento. points, Sacramento. It, was, yeah. it was insane. Yeah. That was desperation basketball from a man who wanted to win. I mean, that I'm I'm sorry, like ba- Kyrie Irving, the basketball player, is, is fantastic. That guy is a hooper, and that game was an example of that. And I couldn't believe, like, it was it was really weird to me that people kept. I think Kyrie has been good there. He's it just isn't a great fit for multiple reasons. They had, you know, how often do teams get somebody at the trade deadline and they're just plug and play? I mean, yes, Kevin Durant, but that's Kevin Durant. Wait, you're saying Kyrie is not a good fit? <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying it takes time. Start okay, okay, okay. Like I misunderstood. That. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, that, that's what I heard. So I wanted to clarify. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, but it I, wasn't. I'm, Dave, I'm so to used to your contrarian takes. Work. You could say anything. You no, could say. I'm, uh... I'm actually positive. <laughs> Listen, I'm positive about that pairing. If they could, you know, have time. It just takes time if, for those guys to kind of work like, things out. Actually, I think dunking isn't that cool. Like, it's well, just. Oh guys, my... <laughs> listen, I do. I, I look, my, my favorite league in America is uh, women's. NCAA Division One basketball below the rim basketball is fun. Anyway, back to my 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 point is, um, it's not to say that they can place blame on him. I'm saying he can continue to send messages, right? With his like just his own demeanor, like you mentioned in the press conference, just under control, calm, relaxed. I mean, that was a different Luca up there, and I think maybe the time off, you know, the looming time off might have played into that a little bit. That guy has played a lot of basketball the last few years. He he needs so the reporting. Say it again. I was going to say he he, he yeah. needs that time off. I think it's going to be really good. mentally physically like I think he really I, I needed to get away from I looked up the dates of the World Cup because I couldn't remember. I was like I couldn't remember exactly when it is. So he's he's about to get you know 120 early, 120 early days off. Yeah. It's August, I believe. The World Cup? Uh it's like 130 something days from now. It's it's late August. Countdown. I I, yeah, I know. I know. There's a there's a Slovenia USA national team friendly in Spain that leads up to that in August. Um, yeah. So that's when his you know he'll start ramping up for yeah. that and for the season. So you know he's about to have some downtime, which I think will be great. Um, but I I just I wouldn't be worried about a trade request if I was the Mavs right now. I'd be worried about how do we just get the best most competitive team we can we can get and then that's hopefully solves that other problem so the reporting um and i think a mildly meta conversation is is what i'm most interested in doing uh but the reporting from uh, first from espn's tim mcmahon um who is a reporter who is uh trustworthy and locked in and uh despite what online people might say is very rarely wrong about things was that the mavericks are they have an appropriate fear. Uh, appropriate is my word, but it is appropriate. They have a fear of Luka Doncic not being okay with the direction of this franchise and asking out as a as any superstar might um, as early as 2024. And on Monday, I wrote about you know more about the demeanor or or you know my the reasoning for why I wrote Monday's story. Um, and I do have another story coming this week at some point. Um, I think there will be, again, I I should just say this now because people love hopping in my DMs and being like, okay, expose the Mavericks. Um, but I've said this before, you know, I don't think that, you know, I don't have an expose coming. I don't think there is an expose coming. Uh, I, I, you know, I think that the reasons are more simplistic, uh, but I'll just say that here. Um, 
but you know, I think there's more to uncover. Um, the Mavericks having fear that Luca might leave is the fear that they should have. It's the fear that any franchise with a superstar has. I have heard the same thing. I've had the same conversations with people within the organization about this very fear. Um, so I had not heard 2024 and um, I don't want to get too far into speaking about why ESPN and Tim McMahon chose to publish or chose not to publish. Uh, I do think that there is newsworthiness to 2024. Um, if that is belief, uh, Mike, I want to go to you on this. Um, would you agree with me? And, and you have been my actual editor before that. It can sometimes be very difficult when to decide when something that is fairly obvious should actually be reported and connected to sourcing and connected to the people who feel it. Because I do think it's fairly obvious that the Mavericks should have fear, but right at the same time, there is also value in saying, yes, they do. And here is, you know, a reporter saying verifiably that this is happening. Yeah, for sure. And there's value to doing it at a certain time. I don't think this piece did Tim McMahon suddenly learn this in the last 24 hours? I doubt that. Probably yeah, I mean, I've, had, I've been having lots of these conversations throughout the year. Yeah. 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 So th this is information he certainly, and there, if you want to be cynical about it, there will be people who say, oh, he waited to release it at just the right time. Well, it's, you, you run certain stories, whether it's hard news or whether it's just something like a feature, you got to figure out when it fits in the flow of the conversation. It doesn't make sense for anyone involved for Tim McMahon to do this story a week ago. Maybe even if he knew it then, right? Maybe he found it af afterwards. I'm presuming he knew this information. But guess what? If he drops it a week ago, then all anybody's going to say is, hey, this team's in a play-in hunt and you're stirring the pot. There is value to, as you said, putting a declarative piece out there and putting something, even if it's sources say, as Luca likes to joke, having attribution to something that this is not just your fear-mongering. This is not just your undercurrent of suspicion. This is a real conversation. And there is value to doing it when Tim McMahon did it, which is, Okay, the conversation is shifting to bigger picture matters. We are not doing this in the middle of a play-in game because that's the that's the where things are with this organization. Probably being a smart reporter, you know, you're just getting people even more mad at you if you do that and create distractions, or that's the perception of it. So you don't want to do it then. It's something that came out at the right time if the sourcing is there. And as you said, Tim McMahon is about as good as it gets. Guy doesn't get stuff wrong. So yeah, there is value to it. There is there is even that one sentence. That is worth doing, and that is important because, for you know, as you said, Tim, you've heard this stuff. Every Mavs fan has been losing their minds, panicking, probably deservedly so, about what is the state of Luka Doncic. Right? That is the thing that defines being aware of this basketball team is what is happening with Luka. How does Luka feel? So there is value to giving an update about this is what Luka may may very well be feeling, and it is also. And Luka Doncic is right to go and say, hey, man, I didn't make that request. Right now, I am happy. Two things can be very true at once. That Luka Doncic in this moment is saying, I'm not looking to leave. I would like this thing to figure itself out. And Smith McMahon knowing, and you knowing, Tim Cato, that if things don't get figured out, Luka's happiness or whatever Luka is, you know, Luka's contentment, we'll say, might not be so content 12 months from now. So it's all kosher. Yeah, I don't I don't care that Luca came out and was like, I didn't say that. I, I think I think if you're in that situation and there's then stuff, there's value in like, his boat, in his position. Exactly. To do that. Um, yeah. I do think fans of the team, if you're truly trying to understand what's happening, I mean, if you just want to embrace the 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 fandom side of it, the the tribalism side of it, 
do whatever you want, but don't misunderstand real reporting that's out there. Um, you know, it's not why I wrote the piece that I did on Monday and and corroborated some of the stuff that Tim McMahon said, but I, I was glad that it made sense to put that in there just so that, you know, I could say that, yeah, this is not what was said. You know, he did not say that Luca requested a trade or could request a trade in 2024. He said that there's organizational fear of that. Um, But yeah, there's also a level of when do you, you know, as as journalists, we try not to make news, but there is this line that we have to be very careful. Like, when did I first tell you when, when, so when me and Sam Amick eventually, you know, the summer after 2021 reported on the front office, um, you were my editor at the time. Yeah. When did I first tell you th- that I had inklings of what that story became? Oh, months earlier. Long February, I think. Yeah. 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 February or March. Something like that. Right. Uh, yeah. In, no, in we, March, we talked early about it for months. March. Yeah, for sure. We, yeah, we did. And and we continued reporting on it. We also understood that it was uh it was something that was going to come to a head in the summer and thus should not be addressed until the team actually reached the summer. And it felt a level there was it felt like there was a level of irresponsibility to you know if we were going to try to publish it you know before they even lost in the playoffs and so it's it's complicated and um you know i it's we we try our best so and i i you know i i think this was a situation where there is value in that being said um and so after he said it i felt you know, this, the same responsibility to say that, yes, I've also heard the same thing and that, yes, there's a little bit of water is wet to that. But it needs to be said because it is important to uh, for everyone to understand that the Mavericks understand, you know? So. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Do y'all guys? Do y'all uh, that was yeah. That was kind of me, me and Mike uh, going on a brief. Very uh, serious. Uh, no, I like it. journalism. That's, uh, yeah. Did you did like well, so, inside so, baseball? Sports reporters. Yeah. sports reporters over here. We used to do uh, this yeah. a little bit more. Um, yeah. We haven't had any good, uh, good juicy uh, inside journalism ones. Um, Mike Austin, uh, no, sorry, uh, Dave Austin. Did you guys have anything to add to how Luca responded to that? Handled that? How the reporting played good. out? Uh, any of that? I thought it was good. Uh, again, he wasn't 
he didn't seem upset. He didn't seem angry. He was very adult and just calm and cool and relaxed. And that was it. The exchange he had with Tim, I thought was very respectful. And, uh, you know, he, and he allowed Tim to, to stand up for himself and, and clarify, which I thought, again, it, that's great. That seems like a good working relationship and which, you know, again, I didn't have any problem with any of the stuff he said. And I actually, I respect that he just came out and, and said, I wanted to play. That's it. Yeah. 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 So I, I was happy with the whole And that he's happy here, which is. Yep. That's it. He's not happy with the season, but he is happy here. Mm-hmm. It's true. He didn't lie. No. No. He is happy here. But he also yeah. understands that he can change his mind at some later point, and the team better believe that. So I, th- I thought he was very transparent. And I think that's maybe not something we've gotten a lot from Luca in his time here. I think that was he was very straightforward. And I think also he he knows McMahon. He knows that McMahon is not uh just some guy who's just doing hack reporting. I think they have a, a relationship and I I think their interaction kind of bore that out. I mean it was just as Dave said it was pretty respectful going back and forth. And I think it was it was interesting that that was the time that Luca chose to start to open up a little bit more about how he felt about certain situations because he typically doesn't like to do that. He typically kind of plays it close to the chest. Um, and I think... Uh, again, and, and he had done that. He had started doing that a little, by admitting he had issues. He had frustrations that were off the yeah. court a few weeks ago. That was a new persona or or something I don't think he would have been willing to do two, three years ago. Yeah, I think he's getting more comfortable. And I think, again, just like I said earlier, I think he's just he's shifting into a different phase of his career. He's a real legitimate prime NBA superstar and he's starting to behave and talk like it. And I think it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting to see. I'm, I'm in, I'm excited for his media day press conference next season. I think it'll, it'll actually be interesting and worthwhile because honestly in the past, he's not a very interesting interview. Typically I don't really take a lot of stock in a lot of things that Lucas says, but I think from here on out, I think he's somebody who's starting to use the media to his advantage. And I don't think he was doing that strategically in the past. I think a little bit more so. Yeah. Um, a little bit. He's getting there. Um, yeah. I don't think he'll ever fully get there. Um, and I don't think he'll ever fully love every media session or having to talk after every single post game. Um, in fact, I think more often than not, he's still going to view it as a chore. But I do think that he's understanding that there are times and places that he's going to start picking his spots. And that never used to be the case. That was a little weighty. Um, all of that. This entire thing. I'm going to play and... melodramatic music under the entirety of that segment. The season it also, was weighty. It's a very special it, it was. segment. It also, I also will acknowledge here, it was not a future-focused talk whatsoever. Because I do feel like there's yeah. necessary unpacking that we just did on what we had seen. Mm-hmm. We will discuss the future. And if not later this week, uh, I do plan to, I do believe we were going to record later this week. If not then, then the following week. Um, then we got to start talking draft, guys. Yeah, there's there's uh, a lot of future stuff di- that that is, that is, dive that in. is interesting and important to start moving ahead to once we put the season to bed and this podcast right. went a long way. I have a couple things I want to throw at you guys and see if you remember that they happened this season. And I and while and when I finish doing this, I would love to hear any lingering memories or thoughts or moments of this season, good or bad. Unfortunately, a lot of moments this season were bad. Um, you know, just see if you guys remember. But not only did the Mavericks lose, uh, blow a 18-point lead, 24-point lead on opening day to the Suns. Pellucci, you just wrote about this. 
Yeah. 24. Well, I, yeah, it was, no, it was, uh, I think it was 22 in opening night, but the, the whole lead to my thing today, you want some real just eye-opening how weird this damn season was. The amount of historic ways they lost, right? <laughs> that Thunder game where almost 10,000 teams had won in their scenario and one team had lost and they lost that one. The, uh, the Laker game that they blew, the Hornets game, they lost so many games where you're like, how did they blow this many games in this many ways? Okay, Because they're bad. But they're bad. That's how. Mike Pellucci. Yes. That is true. That's an important part of the season. I think we remember a lot of those. Yeah. Did you remember that Christian Wood banked in a three-pointer and then did a Michael Jordan shrug in the third quarter of that game? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, man. We are steamrolling ahead towards my understanding prediction and, and that Christian I Wood will... is gone. And uh... Oh, boy. And I, I think I even wrote, like, uh, Christian Wood showed what, you know showed why there's a chance he could be the most talented teammate Luca ever had because I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I still don't understand anything about Christian Wood. What a what a perplexing scenario. Um but yeah that happened. Do you guys also remember that in a game Luca did not play against the Houston Rockets? But the Houston Rockets uh I believe set a NBA historic record for blocks in a game, which is to oh. say that the Mavericks were blocked more times um in history i honestly i didn't even look this up i i don't care to go look they got blocked 19 times oh my god if i had known that had happened i would have put that in the list. i i blocked that out of my memory actually that <laughs> but also uh... this this did happen right actually That's it was amazing. a little it's a little shoddy on my part for not not to actually look this up but like i don't want to look anything up as it relates to this season but <laughs> But you do remember this happening, Austin. I do remember um, this happening. I just chose to black it out. Okay, it was it was one off the Rockets franchise record, but 19 blocks. Oh my god. That's crazy. Did the Mavericks Whoa. have 19 blocks this season? Well, I just <laughs> But it underscores the one of the points we made, right? This team was so damn small. So small. And there you go. No Luca, who is the biggest, you know, the biggest player at his position that they had. And that's when they were bigger. That's when they were playing JaVale and Dorian and Spencer. Here's yeah. another one. Uh, I think JaVale might have fallen out of the rotation by then. But here's another one. Um, I know you guys remember this, but you guys remember Kemba Walker played for the Mavericks this season. Yeah. Right? Do you remember the Kemba game? Do you the remember Kemba the Kemba game? game? The Kemba game was great. I had a great time during the Kemba game. <laughs> There, oh, there is, boy. We, we make jokes, but like there is probably something too. If you were a great player the way Kemba Walker once was, wouldn't you want to have one more night where you felt like yourself in your NBA career? Like one night, because nobody picked him up afterwards. His career is functionally over. One last night where you were a complete and total badass. Because Kemba Walker that night, I forget who they were playing. Badass. Absolutely it was badass. Cleveland, right? They played Cleveland. Yeah, they went to overtime in that game. Yeah. yeah. Um, I- so like it was, you know, we laugh about the Kemba Walker thing, but man, it was cool that we got one game of Kemba Walker, one little swan song for him before his career ended. Because the the guy just he didn't have Brandon Roy bad luck with his knees, but he had some bad luck. It was it was pretty jarring that Nico was so transparent and honest about how bad Kemba's knees were. He's yeah. like, yeah, we don't, we actually don't expect much. We don't think this is gonna last that long. And he was right. I just <laughs> Nico Nico Harrison really underrated for just how. Little, there's not a lot of guile to how he goes about things when he no, plays about stuff. He tries to be as transparent as he can reasonably. We're recording Monday night, by the way. Um, I don't know when you, you dear listener, are listening to this, but he, uh, he's speaking to the media 3 p.m. Uh, on Tuesday afternoon. 
2 p.m. I better check that again since I'm going to be there. Um, but he's speaking Tuesday afternoon to media and very curious. I've got some questions for him. What would you guys what would you guys ask Negro Harrison? Semi serious. <laughs> oh man, a lot of this thinking is, thinking I mean, zoom faces looking back at me. I think I think if I'm reading y'all's faces right, you have questions that you don't want to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm a respectful person. But like it's um, also, I mean, it's also no, I mean, on some level, like the the big questions, it's not like he can give you an answer to. Like, how do you fix yeah. this mess? Well, you're, you know? you're the, here's the thing. Does, Ka- I, does, does Kimba resign? Does Kyrie resign? <laughs> does Kyrie resign? <laughs> I mean, I, I, w- I would ask, I mean, nothing that would ever be able to go on the record. It would be like, you know, if you could, if you could rewind to the start of the season, you know, maybe like, what would you have done differently given the hand that you had? Um, right. But not, not really, I don't know. I mean, kind of uninterested. I want to see what he does more than hear what he has to say. Right. Like, cause actions that's fair. speak and that's his job. Yeah, I think yeah. all the the reasoning behind all of his decisions for this last season are pretty clear. So there's not taking a lot of stabs questions. at talent. Yeah, and I think yeah. it's, it's and the results have been pretty clear. And <laughs> also, I think the one good thing about Nico is I don't think that man is delusional. I don't think he has delusions of grandeur about this roster and and where they are. And he's pretty frank. But I would like to know, like you know, what how does he plan to use that number if it does end up at number ten? How does he plan to use that pick? Is he going to trade it for one player, trade it for multiple players? And I think more importantly, if they happen to be lucky enough to trade, to get bounced up into the top four, how would he use that pick in the top four to really acquire talent and what kind of talent? Uh, I There's no reason he should be honest tomorrow when, when he talks to you know me and others at this media availability. Uh, there's no reason for anybody to ever be honest to any of us. Uh, not, not, not when it comes to like team building stuff. Um, I get that. Um, but, you know, I, I hope he is. I hope he doesn't forget, uh, to be frank, if you will. Oh, people forget. People forget about because Frank. People do forget about Frank. That's really it. That's all I was building to. That very awful joke. And uh, we can, we can uh, I, think, I think we're about at wrap-up status here. That's all your crazy stuff that happened this year? Do you guys remember no. that this team challenged a game? And lost. Yeah. I don't even remember stuff like that. Oh my god! Do you remember <laughs> that they didn't re-sign Jalen Brunson? Come on! Like I was. I, those those are the deep cuts I have. Yeah. You guys didn't come through with any of yours. Where's the homework? Again, dmagazine.com. Go read sports. Go check out my comments. Yeah. It's all yours are good. Yeah. You 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 listed you listed most of the just like unbelievably unbelievable losses yeah um, I, I will refer to this season as the elias sports and info season where, <laughs> where there were so many losses where they we had to refer to elias sports and info to get the odds on how to lose that game that's honestly that's how we'll remember this season for the, the, the entirety it, it's alan like the of mass pr who's like the main stats uh you know like he he's always looking up stuff he double his pay Double the salary. Double you know, the salary. Like Alan, they did, they Alan did their work this year. You, you know, you know, Alan uh, Osman. <laughs> yeah. He he uh, he did his work in more this year. Um, so him and him and Dave, uh, Dave Maurer on uh, on Very the uh, on the Mavs P uh, Mavs PR Twitter. A lot of those are from him. They 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 did a lot. They did a lot. There's a lot to look up. There's a lot of things to uh, compare and contrast and. Uh, look into their historical significance, uh, good or bad. So 
on that note uh we will be back uh as far as i know with another episode this week we'll see if there's stuff to record about i expect there will be and we'll go from there uh dave mike austin appreciate y'all and listeners thank you for doing what you do best just listen it's in your name we'll see you son of slovenia cool as hell he scores the ball and he rebounds in heaven